Proverbs 1. Let's just read this verse together, and then we're going to pray and just going to look at this, uh, these two verses tonight. In Proverbs 1, uh, verse number 8, uh, there are only two verses. Can we just go ahead and read them together together uh, tonight? Let's do that. Verse number 8, together. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on his word. Father, thank that we can sing about you, we can pray. Lord, thank you for your word that we can preach and hear and read it ourselves. I ask you to please now help us have an understanding heart tonight. Bless each person that's here. Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, to the son, to the parent. Father, help us not to miss what you have uh, for us tonight from your word. And thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, I mean, Proverbs is an interesting book. And uh, I, I just want to, again, just give you the, up, uh, the review, if I can say, for the first part of this book. Chapter 1 is the, really the key to the entire book of Proverbs. And we're not going to take time to do that tonight. But when you go through this, verse number one tells who wrote the book, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. So we know obviously who God used to pen this particular book. It was Solomon, wisest person who'd ever lived. In verse number two and three, he says what the book is about. In other words, what's he, what's, what's he writing about to give to the young person? In verse number two and three, he says to know wisdom and instruction. He's going to name these different words to perceive the words of understanding. I won't go through the definitions of all these tonight, but to receive the instruction of wisdom justice, judgment, and equity. And again, there's a whole message we could preach on just those words tonight. In verse number four, unusual, but this book is actually, he says, who he's writing to, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. And you've heard me say before, only book I believe in the Bible that really is written specifically for young people. And if you're a young person, you ought to read it. If you're not a young person, you ought to read it. Uh, it's obviously the word of God, but it'd be helpful to you. But then you get to verse number five, it's interesting because now Solomon's going to tell you how to get what I'm writing about. All right, you remember in verse number one, who wrote the book was Solomon. Then he says, this is what I'm writing about. I'm, I want to teach you uh, in verses number two and three, he says, I want to, to know wisdom and instruction. He talks about wisdom, justice, judgment, equity. He's writing this entire book to tell us what these different things are. But now he's going to say, this is how you're going to get it. All right, so like in verse number five, how do you get it? A wise man will... All right, so if I'm going to get wisdom, justice, judgment, equity, instruction, understanding, if I'm going to get all of these things, then I, I need to hear, all righty? That's what he's talking about, this, this key. I'm, and I'm going to just deal with verse 8 and 9 tonight, but all of these have to do with getting what this book's about, the book of Proverbs. So he says that, first of all, a wise man will hear, will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto what? All right, so he says, hey, listen, if you want these things that I'm giving you in this book, then it'd be better for you to talk to somebody who knows more than you. All right, attaining to wise counsel. Then he says next, in verse number, uh, uh, actually verse 5 and 6 go together. There's no period at the end of verse number 5. The reason we should hear and the reason we should get, uh, attain to wise counsels is so that we would understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Again, so much to say. But I want to get to verse 7, another way to get what Solomon said, the fear of the Lord. But verse 8 and 9 is another way for a person to get wisdom, justice, judgment, equity. In other words, the things of the book of Proverbs. All right, now, Church family, I'm, I'm, I'm going to purposely really try to hurry tonight because uh, I've never done that in my life. And, um, but I don't want you to miss the thought tonight because it's really only on two verses tonight. But it's interesting that when Solomon is writing this book and he's giving this book of wisdom and he's giving it specifically to the young person, he says there's several ways to get this type of wisdom. He says, first of all, here. He says, second of all, attain unto wise counsels. He says, third of all, he says, the fear of the Lord. Uh, and here we come to this next thing, and that's verse number 8 and 9. And he says, a way to get the wisdom that I want to give you is to listen to your parents. 
And I know this is pretty elementary tonight, but Solomon was pretty elementary when he wrote it, all right? So if I'm going to get what he's writing about, and by the way, think about it. The book of Proverbs writes about how you should spend money. It writes about how you should abstain or, or stay away from the strange woman. It talks, about, uh, it talks about the work ethic. I mean, there's all these different topics throughout the book of Proverbs, which is this idea of wisdom, knowledge plus understanding, to be able to apply into my own life. And he says, here's how you're going to get it. Here, the fear of the Lord, attaining the wise counsels. And he finally comes to verse 8 and 9, and he says, now listen, this is pretty important. If you're going to get wisdom, here's what you need to do. He says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace under thy head and chains about thy neck. Now I want you to pinpoint some couple things tonight. I know this is going to probably be a little bit teachy tonight, but it'll be helpful to us. It's interesting that 23 times in the book of Proverbs he uses the term my son. But you're telling me when, when Solomon uses this term my son, I think there's several things we can draw from that. Because of the personal pronoun, this was a personal statement when he's talking to somebody who he's related to. So it's personal. It's a relationship, son father relationship i look at my son 23 different times as an affectionate term in other words my son he's he, he's trying to draw him in. in fact you get to chapter four he says i was my father's son tender and only beloved on the side of my mother he was not stating the obvious that's my dad all right he was saying that he had a close relationship with his father you ought to want to have a close relationship with your earthly father you ought to want to have a close relationship with your earthly mother. You, there ought to be something inside of you that there's, a, there's that desire to have that. All right, now, follow me for just a little bit tonight. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace. I had them highlight ornament of grace because it's only mentioned two times in Scripture. And I want to talk about this ornament of grace tonight, and uh, we'll explain as we go. But let's understand the verse, and we'll give you three thoughts, and we're going to go home. All right? What he says here, when he says, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, there's two things that a person needs to do. Is number one, we need to hear, and second of all, we need not to forsake. It's interesting that he's talking about both father and mother as far as the parental relationship. When you get to the next verse here, he says, for they shall be an ornament of grace. Now, follow me now. The word they is not in reference to father or mother. The word they is in reference to the instruction and the law that is given by your father and mother. So when he says in verse number eight and nine, I'm sorry, verse number nine, he says, for they shall be an ornament of grace. He's saying the instruction that a child gets from his father and the precepts, that's what the word law is talking about, the precepts or statutes that he gets from his mother is what will be the ornament of grace. All right? If you're still with me, say amen. All right? Is Matthew here tonight? Hey, Matthew, come here and help me. Matthew, all the way in the back there. Come here for a second here. You're small enough and you look sharp. We'll use you. Appreciate that. All right, now you're going you're gonna to help me, help me illustrate this tonight. The Bible says in this verse, for they, the instruction that a young person gets from his father, stand right over a second here, the instruction that a young man gets from his father or young woman, and the law or the precepts that he gets from his mother. Now, young people, think for just a moment here. The word instruction actually means uh, warning or chastening. It's not like the word instruction, like a teacher getting up and giving uh, facts. It's the discipline of a father to his child, all right? He says you can either hear it or not hear it. Then this idea of the law of thy mother is the idea of precepts. It's those things that mom tells you on a regular basis. Brush your teeth. Make your bed. Don't pick your nose, in public or not in public, all right? Stop burping at the table, all right? Say thank you. Say please. All of those precepts 
are the law of thy mother, the things that your mother teaches you on a regular basis. He says that if, you'll, if a person will hear the instruction and not forsake, the word forsake means to put away, not forsake the law of your mother, then they shall be an ornament of grace. Now, church family, follow me here a little bit longer here. The idea of an ornament of grace, the actual word ornament actually means wreath. It goes on to explain that the word wreath or ornament means a decorative. Now, in our day, it would be a crown, okay? When we talk about the ornament of grace under thy head, it would be a crown upon your head. Now, I'm going to use an ornament to the truest sense of a wreath because when this was written, it would, the, the, many times they would use a wreath as a sign of authority or honor or decorative, okay? So this is going to be his crown tonight. That's going to be his crown tonight, all right? Is that going to stay okay? I'm sorry. All right. That's his crown, all right? Now, the Bible says that as a young person, when you obey your father and mother, that people will notice your obedience of the acceptance of the things that your parents have taught you. Hey, young person, when somebody compliments you, they're really not complimenting you. They're complimenting that you had enough wisdom to accept what your mother and father taught you. Think about it. Man, you are such a hard worker. Okay, you didn't just turn out to be a hard worker no matter what you think. You're not a hard worker because I've got this great work ethic. You're a hard worker because you had a mother and father that taught you to work. They taught you to get out of bed and taught you to go. And, and by, maybe by their example of the long hours that your father worked, there's different things that you learn from your mother and father. And somebody compliments you as a young person. Man, that kid shows up on time. That person doesn't try to leave early. That, that, that person there is honest. What are they doing? They are recognizing the ornament of grace that you have that you didn't get because of you, but you got because you listened to the instruction of your father and the law of your mother. You, you, are we so far together? All right. Now, the word chains there actually means necklace. And of course, boys do not wear necklaces, do they? Necklaces in our day are for women. It's jewelry. Boys do not wear jewelry. All right, all three of us agree on that, okay? Tonight, this is your chain, all right? You look wonderful, all right? Now, Trishman, when you see somebody, when you see somebody walking around like that, you really take notice, like, what is wrong with him, all right? He's lost his brain, all right? But when you look at him, there's something different about him because of this chain about his neck and this ornament or crown upon his head. I'm just telling that when you find a young person who has character, who dresses appropriately and takes care of himself and brushes his teeth and combs his hair and wears deodorant, has good hygiene, has a good work ethic, tries to make sure he does his schoolwork properly. If, when he fails, he, he says he's sorry. If he has offense, he apologizes. Can I just tell you, those things didn't happen because that boy or that girl just automatically had character. Character is developed into a, a young person that is accepting of the instruction and the laws that his mother and father has given him. Just remember, we are the sum total of what people put inside of us. We, are, we have nothing until it's put into us. Aren't you glad you're saved tonight? God put something into you the day you got saved called the Holy Spirit of God. When you got saved, the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. Can I just tell you that, how old are you? Eight. Eight years old. Now, Matthew, as he continues to get older, his mother and his father are teaching him things that he should do 
and things that he should not do. All right? I don't know how you are as a parent, but sometimes uh, one of my kids will do something, and I'm thinking, why, why did you do that? And the problem is, it's because I never had to address whatever the problem is or issue. I never had to address it, but it gives me an opportunity to address it to give instruction. Uh, hey, uh, I'm sorry, we don't do that. Well, so-and-so's family does it. I said, you're not part of so-and-so's family. We do not do that in this family. Well, now, listen to me. My kids can either hear or not hear. They can take their mother. My, my wife is a lot more um, appropriate than I am. And uh, so when it, she, she tells the kids, no, we don't do that, we don't do that. There's different things. Now, by the way, my wife and I sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes we disagree. All righty? It doesn't happen a lot, but there are times that we disagree, all right? And it doesn't take long to figure out who's right. She is, yeah, exactly. Happy wife, happy life. I learned that one a long time ago, all right? Now, can I just tell you that what we're trying to do is we're trying to teach our children principles and statutes and precepts and instruction of raising children. Now, tonight, I want to just share three thoughts tonight, okay, with this, this, this verse in mind, all right? Matthew, you're doing a good job. Appreciate your help here. The first thing I want you to think about tonight is the challenge to the parent tonight. The challenge, in, in these two verses, there's a challenge to the parent. What is the challenge? I'm just going to have you slip over here if you don't mind so they can see. The challenge to the parent is that make sure that the father is instructing. Now, think for just a moment here. The word instruction is not just the word teach. Actually, I don't know if the word teach is in it. The word instruction means to chasten chastisement, I think it's rebuke, and the idea of correction. Now, listen to me. You can correct your child and them still not hear the correction because correction has to be accepted not only on the outside but on the inside of a young person. So the young, young person might listen. When your father says, I don't want you to ever do that again, that's called instruction. In fact, most of the time throughout the book of Proverbs, the word instruction means to teach by discipline. Now, you're, you're going to have a choice or not, and listen to me. If you do not accept this instruction, then what you're saying is, I don't need the crown, I don't need the chain. That's what you're saying tonight, and you are going to grow up without the things that God wants in your life. God gave you the parents that you have so that you could have this crown called an ornament of grace, which is simply the instruction and the precepts or laws or teachings of your parents that you put into practice, and when you put them into practice, people notice you and say, hey, there's something different about that boy. He's paying attention during church. He's not coloring. He's listening to the pastor. He's only eight years old. Why is he doing that? Because he had a mother and father says, sit up. Look at the preacher. Stop messing around. You know, when I was growing up, my mother, my dad always was preaching. My dad never sat in a service with us because obviously he was the one speaking. But mom... <coughs> When we were really small, we would sit next to mom, and she would grab our ear. Now, I want to tell you, I hope she gets right with God about this. And if we were really bad, she would squeeze that earlobe. Now, I want to tell you something. We don't believe in pierced ears, but my mother, she didn't have that conviction. She would grab that ear, if we weren't doing something, and she, she'd just she'd grab that ear, and she would squeeze that ear, all right? Now, I'm just, it wasn't biblical. She wasn't right with God, okay? I'm just telling you. But it got my attention, all right? 
Now, can I just tell you that the kids in the, at the Heritage Baptist Church, listen, I know sometimes that seemingly, seemingly I'm down on you, and I'm to be honest with you, I just want you to make it. But can I just tell you something? We're having a church service tonight, and the kids are paying attention tonight. Amen. They're not messing around with their neighbor. They're not, they're not clipping their fingernails. They're not, they're not, and our teenagers, they better not be. They're not shooting a text to somebody tonight. They're paying attention. Now, I want to tell you how that happened. Because they were smart enough when they were growing up when mom said, hey, look that direction, and dad said, hey, listen, don't be, don't be messing around with the preacher. They were smart enough to receive that instruction, so tonight I can look out, and everyone's looking this direction, and they're trying to get something, and people notice that, and that's a crown to you. That's an ornament of grace. It's not because you're a good Christian that you came tonight, and I've got to get everything I can from the Word of God. You had a mother and father that taught you, we're going to go to church whenever the doors are open, and we're going to get there because God has something for us from his Word tonight. So the challenge to the parent tonight, I told you three thoughts. First thought is this, is that we as parents, we have to continually correct our children when they do wrong. I want to tell you something. Correction is not a fun thing when it comes to our children. Chasten thy son while there is hope. You know, there can come, to, there can come a time if you don't chase your son or daughter, there can come a time there's no hope. It's too late. It's done. It's gone. Chasten thy son while there is hope. We as Christians, again, the Bible is very clear. Uh, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. But times, the word but times means early. That we need to discipline and we need to train. Young people tonight, you're not going to understand everything. But parents, we understand, all right? You know, we, we, sometimes we get this idea, well, if I spank them, I'm going to push them away. Or if I, if I discipline, I'm going to push them away. You don't understand. That's not how it works. God chastens us. Do we hate him? No, we love him, right? So again, to me, the challenge to the parent is to continue giving the instruction. Mom, hey, listen, I, I, I can't, I, I do not believe that dad is the only uh, form of discipline, but I do believe he's the chief form of discipline, all right? When it comes to the mother, isn't it interesting, twice in scripture, it uses this phrase, law of thy mother. I want to, I'm going to take, I told you I'm going to hustle tonight. Turn to, turn to chapter six real quick. I just want to look at the verse with you. Look at chapter 6. Look at verse number 20. The law of thy mother, forsake not the law of thy mother, is mentioned twice in Scripture. In chapter 6, verse 20, it says, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall what? Lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall what? And when thou awakest, it shall what? Just me, young people, look at me tonight. Uh, listen. Do you understand that everything you're being taught right now, it might seem like it's a blur, like it's, like it's very superficial. But when your mother and father is not there, or if God takes them home to heaven, you're going to be amazed so many things that you do simply because you heard and you didn't forsake. Some of you are going to be in church 20 years from now because you had a mom and dad that taught you about being in church, and you heard and you didn't forsake. And you know what's going to happen? You're the kid with the ornament of grace. You're the one with the crown. You're the one with the character. You're the one that people notice. That, one, that guy stands out in the crowd. Why? Because he accepted the instruction and the laws and precepts that his parents taught him. Amen. Not only do you see a challenge uh, to the parent, second of all tonight, I want you to think about this. There's a choice to the child. You either choose to hear or you choose to forsake. He said, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. So we have two choices. Hear means to give attention. Forsake means to cast off. It's a matter of one or the other. Just hear me, in the Old Testament, thankfully, we do not follow the Old Testament law. 
Because in the Old Testament, if a person had a rebellious son, if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, can I tell you what they did according to Deuteronomy 21, verse 18 through 21? They stoned them to death. They stoned them to death. And I like what it says in the verse there. And all Israel is going to hear and fear. I want to tell you something. If you had a 16-year-old buddy that smarted off and put down his parents on a regular basis and he, he just condemned authority, and all of a sudden the Bible says his parents took hold of him and brought him down, down to the Israel's government, and Israel said, okay, he's got to die, and all, everybody gets in a circle and they stone that guy to death, I think if you were his buddy, you decided, hey, I think I'm going to straighten up. Amen. There's a choice that you have to make. In the book of Ezekiel, we talk about individual responsibility. I know everybody likes to use that verse, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. And a lot of times, that verse, I think it's misconstrued, that a child will never mess up, a child, a child will never go wayward. That, that's just not biblical, okay? I mean, Israel was considered God's child. How many times did they mess up? Adam's called the son of God. He ate of the fruit. I'm just trying to tell you that what we've got to understand is there is individual responsibility. Now, follow me now. If they're inside your home, you're responsible. But can I just tell you, our children are going to make choices one of these days. And young people, can I tell you what your choice is? Your choice is whether or not you're going to hear the instruction and accept the chastening and whether or not you're going to take and not forsake the law of your mother, the precepts that your parents have, have taught you all of your life. All of your life. So there's a choice to make. What's the choice? I'm either going to hear or I'm going to forsake. And then last of all, here's the, here's the last thought I want you to get tonight. Not only is there a challenge to the parent, there's a choice to the child, but there's a crown to the wise. There's a crown to the wise. God says, hey, listen, I'm going to bless the person who does what's right. Now, here's the thought. I want you to catch on this last one, okay? If they are the instruction of thy father and the law of thy mother, for they, the instruction of thy father, law of thy mother, shall be an ornament of, what's the word? Now, church, I mean, this is how, I, again, I've read this verse over and over and over, and again, I've, I've memorized it years and years ago. But I think the grace comes from others. Now, follow me for just a moment here. By Matthew obeying his parents, it's like an ornament of grace. In other words, it's decorative. People look at him, there's something different. They, they, they want to be around that. In other words, that favor, that kindness that comes from others is what that ornament of grace is. In other words, Matthew is going to receive, the word grace means kindness, it means favor. Sometimes we use the word benefit, but... You know, a Christian young person who listens to his parents and has character in their life gets a whole lot more from the workforce than a person who doesn't. That guy can't even show up from work, man. Don't, don't give him any more hours. Hey, that guy was out. He, he was cleaning tables when everybody else was in the back on their phones. Uh, listen, would you like to be manager? Do you understand that the character of a person, when a person receives the instruction that their mom and dad is trying to teach them, it gives them an ornament of grace that God blesses with grace, goodness, um, favor upon that kind of person. Now, listen, I don't, obviously, Brother, uh, Brother Obshendik is not going to be here for very long. And um, so far, good, I, I really am thankful the Lord brought him here and how the Lord's going to use him to start that church. Amen. And I hope for years and years to come, hopefully the Lord will come back tomorrow, but, and then he can start the church without us. But, um, uh, okay, I don't know him completely, but I want to tell you, that man's blessed. 
and he'd be the first one to say it. God gave him a better wife than he deserves. God gave him children. God gave him an opportunity to work in a ministry for 11 years. And to be honest with the church family, God's given him a great benefit to be able to start the church in Topeka, Capital City Baptist Church. Okay, now follow my thinking here for a second here. There was some time in his life that he decided, I'm going to listen to my father and I'm going to accept the precepts of my mother. Before I came to church tonight, on my, you, gave, you gave a little booklet to my, my wife because I saw it on the counter in the kitchen and I picked it up. And your mother had wrote a little a booklet on uh, a mother to a mother. Am I correct to that? Okay. He caught something growing up. He gets the grace of people giving to him, helping him, encouraging him. But it's an ornament of grace. It's because he accepted the teachings in his life of what his parents were trying to do in his life. Now, can I just tell you, young people, you're, you're growing up and you think, well, I don't like everything my mom and dad makes me do, okay? And, and can I tell you something? I know part of growing up is independent spirit, but you cannot let your independent spirit to be sinful. Yeah. And I want to tell you something. When it goes against the authorities that are placed in your life, it becomes sinful. Right. And what you need to do is you need to say, hey, listen, I'm going to accept, I'm going to hear the instruction if, my, if I get in trouble, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, I will change. And when you do that, God says, I'm going to give you an ornament of grace. It's going to cause character in your life that when people look at you, they're going to want to be kind to you because you accepted the teachings from the parent that I gave you. Challenge to the parent, we as parents, we've got to continue to instruct our children. The choice to the young person tonight, you have to choose whether you're going to hear or forsake that instruction your parents are giving you. But the person who listens, it won't look quite like this. But it'd be very noticeable. Yes, ma'am. How many times have you heard an older person say, you don't have to call me yes, ma'am. You make me feel so old. Now, the person who doesn't have the crown says, that's because you are old. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> but he says, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. And they think, where did you come from? I came from a home where my mother and father taught me to say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. <laughs> Brother Cornwell stops me this, morning, this evening. He says, hey, what's Brother Denny's first name? I said, it's Brother Denny. <laughs> now, Church Emily, especially you, uh, I'm to the age now, I can call anybody by their first name. In fact, I can call you whatever I want now, but... But when I was 24 years of age, everybody was older than me when I came to Heritage. Actually, I just turned 25. When I was 25 years of age, everybody was older, and I grew up in a home you never called, a dad, I'm sorry, you never called an adult by their first name ever. Ever. Dad wouldn't, I mean, I, I just, it never happened. I can't even imagine. When I came to Heritage, uh, one of the teenagers went up to one of the, um, one of the men of the church and said, I, I think it was actually Brother Roger. He said, he said uh, Brother Roger, and to be honest with you, when they did that, I thought, man, how stinking disrespectful can you get? And it's only because I was taught you never called an adult by their first name. You always called them by the last name. So when I came here at 25 years of age, everybody was older than me. I called everybody. Brother so-and-so, sister so Brother Stumpful. I mean, for years, I didn't know what their first names were because even when I prayed for them, Help Brother Sister Stumpful, please help Mrs. Stumpful. She really needs it. God, please help Mrs. Stumpful. <laughs> now, I'm getting older, and over the last probably 10 years, I've started to, you know, I still have a hard time saying Tom, 
because he's always been Brother Nearing, all right? I mean, you get to be 80, you leave it alone, all right? <laughs> so it's not that I don't want to be close to you. It's because I had a mother and father that you always called an adult by their last name out of, out of respect. Now, can I just tell you something, church family? You, all these children here have different forms of respect, things that you've taught them. Young people, you have a choice whether or not you accept it or not, but I'm just telling you, if you accept it, it's to your benefit. It's to your benefit. Amen. You know, every time somebody wants to say, uh, you know, something about the college, church, I mean, all we are, all we are is part of their 10,000 instructors. They still only have one father. I like, I, honestly, I like the college students we have this year, but, was, and I know they've got their idiosyncrasies, believe me. Courtney, stand up. No, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but church family, I am not so naive to know. It's not because of Heritage Baptist Church or Pastor Hanks. Those kids were what they were in character before they ever came here. And the only thing that we can say about the college students that we have right now is that they heard and didn't forsake the instruction of their parents so that they stand out in the crowd because of an ornament of grace and people are gracious to them because of what they were accepting of what their parents were trying to teach them. Young people tonight, are you catching this tonight? I know you're in the midst of it right now, but if you would be accepting of what your mother and father is teaching you, you get to look like that someday. did a good job. Your parents taught you well. You didn't move around. You just stood up here like a statue. <sighs> Let's say the verse together and we're done tonight. Let's just, it's on the board there if you don't know it by heart. Chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 together. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thine. All right, let's pray.